Welcome to Equity, a podcast brought to you by the Minority Educator Recruitment, Retention and Equity Center located at Virginia Commonwealth University. All right, everyone, welcome back to Equity, the podcast. My name is Dr. Faith Wilkerson, and we are happy to bring you back today with us for episode four of our podcast. And we are joined today by Dr. Daniela Pugo, who is our assistant professor of teaching and learning at VCU. Hello, Dr. Pugo. How are you? Hi, this is so, I'm so excited. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy <laughs> you're so excited. Absolutely. Thanks for thinking about me. Yes, no, absolutely. Um, myself and Dr. Scott have, you know, worked with you and have been excited to see all the awesome things you have going on right now in this season that we're in. And so we'll get to all of that fun stuff a little bit later on. But I first want to give you an opportunity to kind of introduce yourself to everyone and talk about, you know, how to do, how did we become so blessed to have you with us at BCU? Oh, thank you. And again, thank you for thinking about me. I'm always like thrilled and excited um, to uh, be heard and to, to be given an opportunity to share what's going on with me and sort of um, a little bit about my journey. Um, so my in my professional role, I am assistant professor of education uh, with a specific focus on um, Black women and girls' experiences in, in education. Um, and so I, I, I look at um, or I'm curious about Black women and girls' experiences um, as entry points for understanding um, racism, um, gender, class, um, and, and other um, isms that Black girls have to navigate in schools. And so in that sort of curiosity, I'm also um, interested in how these spaces sort of become you know, these microcosms of society or how are schools reflective of the bigger picture mm -hmm. um, in terms of the way we look at um, Black women and girls in society. And so how do schools sort of reproduce some of these, these thoughts and some of these, um, these, you know, problems or how do we problematize Black women and girls um, starting in this particular space? And so, so many dynamics are, are going on in schools and I'm, I'm just, I'm literally obsessed with <laughs> the way in which we exist in this particular space. Um, and I think it's because I've, I've, you know, I, I have different friends from different regions of the country and abroad, and I'm always interested in, in, in comparing those experiences. Um, and it's so interesting the way that, you know, Blackness is, is such a, uh, you know, is, is, is such a common thread. Right. And mm -hmm. so if I'm experiencing it in, in, in you know, in Australia as right. a black woman, then I'm probably experiencing right. it here, too. You know, and so um, that that's sort of my my entry point to to really understanding the spaces as, as as these these sort of ways in which we sort of think about black girls and their their trajectories mm -hmm. and throughout society and so moving from the k-12 to college to career so how is so so what's the thread and, and how do we sort of or, or how me um how do i sort of pluck at that to figure out um some of the commonalities um amongst those three platforms and um and and also to dive in a little bit to my work and my sort of purpose here at vcu um, as faculty um, and being a part of iCubed, which is out of the Office of Inclusive Excellence here at VCU, um, um, being a part of or, or faculty 
um, within the Disrupting Criminalization Education Corps. And what we are um, focusing on in our mission is really looking at the ways in which schools, education, criminalize um, Blackness and Black bodies. Mm -hmm. And for me, of course, as I mentioned, I'm focused on Black girls, but we're looking also, too, at how these um, systems are at play within schools and these structures sort of feed into that criminalization. Um, and um, when we look and when I think about Black girls, I think about just, you know, our bodies and how our bodies, mm -hmm. you know, show up in schools mm -hmm. and how that very, your very being as a Black um, girl or woman um, is subject to harm, mm -hmm. right? And so the vulnerability of that um, within these systems. Awesome. So that's a, that's sort of a... <laughs> but that's a great segue because one of the things I've begun to ask a lot of our guests that come on the show is the whole idea of what does equity mean to you? So I would love for you to take a, a stab at answering that question. Okay. Uh, um, so so I, I tend to look at things from um, a lived experience or a living experience perspective of equity. And I think I've 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 not um, I've not seen it at play mm -hmm. um, in my own um, as I've you know journeyed from institution to institution. Mm -hmm. I've not seen it, um, but I I think that I in my in my wildest dreams or how I dream about equity is is really what would society look like or spaces in which Black women and girls are a part of. What would it look like if we didn't need to go to those that um, oppress us for anything? What would that space look like? Mm -hmm. So what would it look like if I didn't need to, you know, beg, borrow, steal, plead for resources mm -hmm. in a rural community from the powers that be? What would it look like if I were given the opportunity to be empowered or to be elevated with some of the things that my talents and my gifts as a black woman or black mm -hmm. girl, what would that look like if I were, were nurtured in that way? Or what would it look like if schools specifically focused on the well-being um, and elevation of, of black girls? What would it look like if we focused on the protection of, of black girls? And so when I think about equity, um, that often comes to mind because when, when we start to think about folks in society, folks within our world as we know it that have, you know, bore the brunt of most of the harm, mm -hmm. you know, we think about um, just, you know, how Black women and girls have been treated or mm -hmm. how we're still treated, right? And so thinking about how we can even come to the point of even having a conversation about equity if we're not really going to think about the ways in which the everyday instances where um, we sort of tear away at um, Black women and girls' freedom and liberation. And a lot of that is just not letting us be. And so equity also could look like, you know, leaving Black girls the hell alone, mm -hmm. you know? And I said I wasn't going to cuss, but that's You're not fine. really cuss word. But that's a location. Mama is listening to this. Mama, I'm just trying to make an example. <laughs> that's okay? it. That's it, Mama. So, you know, so 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 no. But what would it, if we were just left mm -hmm. like you know? Yeah. Don't bother me. Don't yeah. harass me. You know, just just accept my being, and figure out how to 
how to support and elevate and be in community with me. I think that that equity piece is so expansive and so um, important to think about because I also think we shouldn't necessarily think about equity as a um, as this sort of static thing or this thing that we can achieve and we're checking off the box and okay I'm I'm equitable now yeah. so I don't need yeah. to so don't talk to me I'm mm-hmm. equitable honey but you know that's not you know that shouldn't be it I think the conver- the, the the target should constantly be moving on this equity conversation in terms of you know. Uh, in terms of how we are reflecting the people, if we're talking about equity from an organizational standpoint, I'm gonna talk about it from my lived experiences, you know, in schooling mm-hmm. and teaching and things mm-hmm. like that. I'm thinking about how different your population of student changes from year to year, mm-hmm. how the world, how the community changes from year to year. And so, you know, we really can't afford as educators or, or folks who are working in this profession as, as, as um, preparation, um, as tools and people who are preparing teachers to look at equity in a, in the static sort of way, you know, as we sort of expand our our insights on our what's right in front of us, the mm-hmm. students that we have, how then can I sort of you know create my definition based off of what I'm seeing, or how can I how can I keep it front of mind that this this definition that I've come up with for equity is living and breathing and it, it it's subject to change mm-hmm. based on who I have in front of me. So what does it look like for a person, you know, for to to make that definition of change and, and be and be revived every year or every quarter, mm-hmm. you know, continually to, you know, continual re- revisiting of that concept. Yeah, no, that makes 1000% sense. And even in that same vein, how have you as an individual, so coming from a PWI educational background for yourself and then now working in these PWI spaces, how have you um, found that support or reclaimed the equity that you know you deserve, you know, as being this black woman who's trying to uplift other young black women to know that they matter? Right. Oh, gosh. So I just, I'm just going to like let that yeah. word Mattering, mattering <laughs> kind of washed over me because it's so interesting that you asked the question about, um, you know, sustainability in these in these white spaces mm-hmm. and, you know, the the just the toll on the toll on your soul mm-hmm. in these spaces. And I'm, I'm again, this is my experience and I'm going to I'm going to you know talk a little bit about that. But I think for me and, and I ended up actually writing about this and doing my major research project about. Um, that sustainability piece in terms of how we don't have it in mm-hmm. these white spaces because no one seems to make it a priority mm-hmm. or care um, beyond recruiting us and, you know, using us as marketing ploys. And this is my experience, um, you know, that once you're in this predominantly white space and you're pursuing this education and you look around left, right, and there's there's nobody that was on the flyer that mm-hmm. is in your department or in your school. And so, you know, just getting past that initial bamboozle, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that initial, like, t- like, uh, you know, sort of mind, you know, mind warp. Mm-hmm. Um, but then also thinking and being um, sort of in your black girl genius bag and th- thinking about, okay, well, you know, I have my supports, I have my tribe, or I have my people that I'm going to go to for relationship advice. I'm going to go to for navigating, you know, these 
these um, encounters with, you know, white women or white men. Um, I'm a, I have my go-to for talking about my coursework. And so for me, that happened to be um, a core group of black women or, or, or peers. And the ways in which I started to think about this and thinking about like the different types they everyone had their their role right and mm-hmm. so I, I never assigned any role I was I never said okay Dr. Wilkinson you're gonna be the person I'm gonna talk to mm-hmm. about this I never did any of that it just sort of organically happened um and I thought that it would be interesting to sort of look at that um as as a sustainability piece but again these are things that we are doing um that we're sort of formulating on our own in response to the lack Right. So in response, in response to, you know, and, and never mind what we're doing, we're asking our friend group or our tribe to take on, mm-hmm. you know, never mind the emotional labor we're asking them to do in absence of that um, as being a support in, in the absence of that support at the university level um, or even at the K-12 level or in, in a professional level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so even thinking about how we, you know, sort of have that, that that communal mentality about, you know, we, we, we know that we need this, these supports and we're sort of, we're seeking them out um, ourselves and thinking about that also resilience piece of, you know, having someone to talk to after experiencing a micro macro. And I just, I just call it mm-hmm. foolishness mm-hmm. after experiencing that um, and having someone to sort of go back and forth, like, Oh, you know, so Dr. Wilkinson, this was said, you know, what do you think? Am I crazy? Am I tripping? So that whole, those whole mental gymnastics mm-hmm. um, behind that. So really thinking about um, a, a really um, thinking about how we sort of reclaim equity in these spaces for ourselves. We sort of make it what we need it to be in order to survive um, in these spaces. And, you know, in my experience, Experiences that survival piece, the 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 the, the my peers or my my group or my friends and my girls and my sisters around me were key to that mm-hmm. survival process. Even if they had never set foot in a, in a you know in a college, yeah, you know that you know they were they still yeah, had an extremely impactful, um, you know it, it, they were very very. Um, important in my in my completion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And so, in that same vein, earlier you talked about the whole um, idea of disrupting this criminalization in education. And I really want to. I want the folks to really hear what that is, what that means, and how they've probably didn't realize they were witnessing it firsthand um, when it came down to their educational experience or their counterparts. Yeah. Wow. So, so wonderful questions, by the way. Um, you know, for, for me, when I, when I first started uh, looking at the experiences of, of black women and girls in schools, I of course was reluctant to unpeel my own experiences, but realizing that that was also a key step in the process um, mm-hmm. <laughs> of me trying to do this work and then still grappling with how that those experiences have shaped me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then thinking about so many ways in which I was criminalized um, and I think the main way that I was criminalized and did not realize, and I think a lot of people don't realize, is, you know, the criminalization of my survival. Mm. Um, I, I, when I was very young, I lost my father. Mm-hmm. And, and this is just my experience. There's other examples yeah. of, 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 you know, that criminalization of survival piece. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that. But 
and some opportunities I missed as a teacher mm-hmm. to, to really think about that. Um, you know, I was, I was really sad for a long time. Um, and, and, you know, I, I had experienced what I now know after some years of therapy as, you know, um, ambiguous loss where, mm-hmm. you know, you sort of lose someone and you really don't have a lot of answers as mm-hmm. to what happened. It just, you know, they're gone, yeah. you know? And so, you know, so dealing with that and then having to go to school and then having to um, just live in that space of of being sort of just a part of a space, but not really being able to absorb it and people not really paying a whole lot of attention to you because you're not the black girl that's like jumping on people mm-hmm. or snapping or doing that. You're not that type of black mm-hmm. girl. And I'm using quotes for my listeners out there but you're also still not really being paid attention to mm-hmm. and you're still a child. Right. And so, um, and of course, you know, there's a, there's a huge parental piece here, but also to realizing that, you know, when I was going to school not in the nineties, two thousands, you know, there, I, I was a part of that uh, group of, of kids who had a working single mom. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I spent most of my time at school. Mm-hmm. So if anybody was going to notice that I was being affected by what had happened, yeah. it would have been a teacher yeah. or it would have been some type of clinician at the school. And so those were missed opportunities. And I, I began to sort of slip away, sort of waste away. I mean, I didn't, I was sort of, you know, just all over the place with grades, all over the place with my social interactions. I was really upset a, a lot of the times I couldn't put my finger on why, but of course the system, the school system and the, the the sort of discipline process in the school system um, immediately jumped to oh she is she's got a problem she doesn't you know she's disruptive she talks too much and she doesn't pay attention to authority mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so so that whole piece of about you know you you're you're being you're not really being paid a whole lot of attention to mm-hmm. because you're not acting in a way that people are expecting you to right. act and you're flying under the radar, but you're experiencing other things. And so I'm not going to go all the way into the microaggressions and the, the, the flat out hate and, and just uh, things of that nature. But I will say, I want to talk about if I can, I don't know what, how we're doing on time, yeah, but um, I'll talk about some opportunities I missed as a teacher mm-hmm. um, and having students that were system involved mm-hmm. that I wasn't prepared for and mm-hmm. my nice little teacher prep program mm-hmm. in college did not prepare me for mm-hmm. um and being very and being you know a, a steward of the discipline system you know in in public school like okay they're acting like this it must be this right you're acting like this you're disruptive you're combative you have no respect for authority um, I'm, you don't want to be redirected, you know, all these things yeah. that we, we, you yeah. know, now know in our profession, um, Dr. Faith that are just, uh, symptoms of a bigger issue. Right. And so no, you know, and there was no attempt to, to sort of locate a root cause with these girls. I simply, you know, was again, this, a uh, minion of the system right. carrying out these, these, you know, these, this, this way that we feel like girls specifically black girls should be conducting themselves. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the research that I do now, what I've been really focusing in on now, and I have a new paper coming out with um, a colleague of mine and um, a a doc student here at VCU that, that goes into that, that whole idea and that whole notion of, you know, schools being built off the idea, these ideas of, of 
white femininity and what Mm -hmm. that means. Mm -hmm. And the more that you're in conflict with these these ideas of of what it means to be a girl or a woman or feminine or ladylike, the more at risk you are <laughs> right. for being criminalized, right? right? Yeah. And so, uh, and and I'll talk really briefly about some of the um, things I talked about this summer because I had a um, I did this workshop with some teachers in in Richmond, and it was it was phenomenal. It was so great. I was so lucky and blessed to be able to be a part of that with them. But one of the things we talked about is we sort of talked about this this idea of um, uh, these tenets of, of womanhood um, and what that means and talking about the, the, the further away that women were to these 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 um, ideas, ideals then the more likely they were to be um, criminalized, written off, Mm -hmm. or attacked, brutalized, harmed in these education spaces, right? And so some of the ideas of being submissive, um, domesticity, um, having having the, the, being able to, Sort of navigate with a, a more more so religious focus mm-hmm. um, and, and piety and being and being pure and not having you know any sort of nuance yeah. that we know we have as yeah. black mm-hmm. Girls, mm-hmm. <laughs> just by way of our, yeah. our existence. And so really unpacking that and trying to get, trying to tease out a, a root to this um, issue and how it's continuing again to reproduce mm-hmm. itself mm-hmm. Um, in schools. Well, you know, I, I want to call you the segue queen because this is this is going this, you know, this flow that we're going on, because in the same vein, you are a published author. Congratulations on that, because that is no small feat. And we'll definitely because oh, I definitely want to hear more about that. But um, in the next uh, what month or so, we have another book yeah. coming out. And so that one is actually titled Strong Black Girls Embody Voices of Resistance and Resilience in K-12. So I'm sure it probably includes many of the things you just talked about. Yes. And we also actually, too, there was a title change okay. just because we felt like... Um, Breaking news. We felt like the, the chapters. <laughs> we felt like the chapters in the book. In the book, you know, was yeah. singing the song "Song," and the song that it was singing was that of you know reclamation and reclaiming, mm-hmm. and you know, re, re, this 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 sort of uprising. Um, so so now we we it's uh, strong black girls um, reclaiming schools in their own image. Beautiful. And so yes, and so we we really wanted yeah. to to connect with that with yeah. that whole what it what does it look like it, as I said at the top of our call here, yeah. our interview. What does it look like if we yeah. were to, you know, make this case? Yeah, like this is this is how we're gonna do this. Yeah, and this is what you need to know about me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's a well, black girl in this space. Well, that is just awesome. So, um, available on Amazon. Correct. It's Amazon, and then you can go to the website. Okay. You can go to teacherscollegepress.com, um, and you can you can Google Daniela Pugo, or you can Google Strong Black Girls, and then it'll pop up, and you can order from there or order from Amazon. Yes. And I'm and, here to tell you, she's yeah. in the first G people, so there's no excuse for you not to be able to find it. It feels good sometimes when you <laughs> Google yourself and you're like in the first G because it's the second O or the third O. It's not really as fun. Oh, <laughs> see, you're, you're a real millennial. You're a real, you're a real life <laughs> well, millennial. Well, I, I am. I mean, you know. I don't know any, about any of these. Well, because in Google, because no, 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 because in Google, right? If you algorithm. ever search, yes, but if you ever search something on Google, <laughs> the letters are what you click on and get to the new pages. And so that first G okay. is going to be your top hits. And then page two, three are like the O, 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 O. 
I'll show you one day. I'm going to show you. But yeah, I am yes, a millennial, but I'm on the cusp I'm, though. I'm in my, I'm like, it's still page one, two, three, but it's like, you know, it's just another way to kind of put it. But yeah, I'm, I'm on the cusp. I'm an 82 baby. So I still have some old school left in me. So I know what it feels like to not have any technology um, except for Atari. Like that's the kind of where I step into the world <laughs> is Atari. That's <laughs> that's my my introduction to technology. Um, but with that, I really want to talk about what it takes to actually become a published author and how you ended up connecting with some of your co-authors and how do you, you know, how does that rhythm happen to where, cause I feel like for me, writing was always as always been something so personal that it was always been a hard thing to kind of sh- share those kind of things. But especially in my doc program, we did a lot of shared kind of um, projects and that was always like the toughest thing for me. Oh gosh. Yes. Wow. So I, um, I love the word that you use and sort of how we connect it. Um, I can't think of the word you use, but it just, it, it touched something. <laughs> um, you said how we came to connect. That, it, it, yep. And I just said it. That's I was here when I said it too. So yeah, I, <laughs> it was, but you were, you were in yeah, your flow. So I was. I'm not even go back to yeah. your flow. You don't remember what yeah. you said. You're just in that way. I got you. But no, honestly, um, so it's really interesting because Lynette, one mm-hmm. of the co-authors on there, she is um, like teacher education extraordinaire, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So she is one of the 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 top prominent prolific um, scholars in her in her field mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to teacher education and especially specifically black teachers um, and her whole um, sort of. Um, way of thinking about teaching when in, in terms of black women come through uh, support. And so mm-hmm. other mothering. And so the, the, that sort of work that we have to do um, that extra additional labor that we're doing as mm-hmm. black women teachers that we know needs to be done and we don't do it. Nobody else is going to do it. And so I actually had never, had never met her in person mm-hmm. before ever, ever. Um, but one of my, um, one of the members of my dissertation committee, after I graduated, I was telling him about this, the book I wanted to do, um, mm-hmm. which was like three years ago, I was talking about this book mm-hmm. and four years ago. Yeah. Four years ago. And he was like, Hey, you need to connect with, and he totally was like, you need to connect with Lynette. I'm going to yeah. connect you. And this is how it's going to go. And I'm like, Oh, wow. So I, of course you, you hear somebody, you always Google them, but yes. I didn't need to Google her. Cause I knew he was legit. <laughs> like she was going to be great. Cause he's great. Yeah. <laughs> so get in, so get, uh, get contact with her, send her an email and say, Hey, you know, I'm, um, you know, I, I was connected, you you know, your friend was on my committee. And so, um, and he's Dr. Dakota Irby. He's like, yes. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, she, she emails me back and says, hey, wonderful. Um, when do you want to meet? And I'm like, um, I didn't know you were local. <laughs> and so she's like, okay, well, I'll take, the, I'll take a train and come see you. So totally floored, right? Mm-hmm. And, and her not ever, you know, mm-hmm. we just, and she, so so fast forward two weeks she gets she's i go to union station in dc and i pick her up and she's there she is like wonderfully radiating off out of the train out of central (laughs) station pick her up and we go to this library and we literally work on like my all the stuff i was papers i was trying to finish and get Mm -hmm. out there we literally work from like 10 30 to like 5 30 never met her before and she's mm-hmm. just sitting there just like dropping gems like yeah you do this do this after you do this you need to do this and so i'm just sitting there like oh my god is this happening to me um <laughs> because again think about 
about it. Yeah. I, I had gone my whole, you know, academic career as a student not getting this yeah. type of like one-on-one yeah. attention yeah. and not for the fact that people didn't want to do it. It's just that it wasn't yeah. there. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a possibility. So I'm just in awe of her and of awe of what she's doing. And then she gets on it. I go take her back. And she and gets on the train. She goes back to, <laughs> um, she goes back to Philly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and so it happened like that. And then, so because that left such a profound impact on me and I knew that she had done like at the time for other edited books and stuff like that, I kept her top of mind when I started thinking about this project. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other co-author, Afia Billy Shaka, which is like, she's like, I don't know how to describe her, her black girl magic, but she is amazing. So she, um, hold on one second. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so I, so I had, I met with her and uh, I met her at um, my former institution and she was just awesome. I can't even describe the levels that she, <laughs> that mm-hmm. she is on the, um, on the, the awesome scale, but her, her work, her work focuses on using um, black women's hair or hair care as um, an entry point to mental health. Mm-hmm. And so she's, she's, uh, she's uh um, coined and um, innovated the practice of psychotherapy, mm-hmm. which talks about um, you know black hair and its 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 connection to to our individuality, our souls, our our connection to our ancestry, and so it's it's really awesome. But I I ended up you know getting up them all together in a room mm-hmm. and say, hey, this is what yeah. I'm thinking about doing. They were like yeah <laughs> like that sounds great but then that was all I had like I didn't yeah. have anything else I yeah. was like I want to do this and they were super supportive so I was just really really fortunate to um to have to have them sign on and really just breathe life and really just hold me up when I was like I'm not doing this anymore yeah which happened so many times it does <laughs> um, because the the book initially started from a rejection we had you know, and I, I, this, this was me sort of like backing down and mm-hmm. being like, you know, I don't know about a book guys. Maybe we yeah. should just submit it for like a chapter or something. Yeah. <laughs> and so we did and got rejected. And I'm like, no, okay, let's do the book because, <laughs> because obviously they not trying to, you know, see what we send, but mm-hmm. it was, it, I'm, I'm happy that I fought and, 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 and stayed the course and, and finished it. So here we are. And that process was, a whole nother podcast interview that I can just share with I'm people sure. to help whoever else wants to do it. <laughs> I'm sure. So in this same, you know, we've talked about a lot, but the main thing that I theme that I've been hearing is I don't want to use the word saving, uplifting our black girls and our black women. And so what can listeners do? What action steps can they begin to do to do just that? Okay, well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna talk to teachers because mm-hmm. that's my mm-hmm. my thing, and um, and I say this realizing that the majority of the teacher workforce doesn't look like you or me; mm-hmm. that they're white women. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do want to pose the question to those that are listening, you know, to really think about what what gives you the right to teach black girls? Mm. Why you? Mm what makes you think that you can teach black girls Mm. and why, what gives you the, what gives you the, the sort of the insight. And I think if you struggle with that question, 
I think that there's 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 so much to unpack with the question itself. Mm-hmm. But I think if you if you're struggling with that question, I think there's so much opportunity in thinking about okay, what experiences have I had with black girls mm-hmm. as a teacher? What what experiences have I had? You know, and how have those experiences impacted me for better or for worse? Um, how have I you know um, harmed, helped, or healed mm-hmm. black girls. Mm-hmm. So even thinking about how, how you, how you, how your interactions have been. And I think, I think really a lot of it too. And a lot of this, I talked about this summer in the, in the, the, the course I did was, you know, thinking about the idea of space, right. Thinking about how we create these things, thinking about how in order to, to the idea of love is so, so radical, but it's really mm-hmm. not. Right. So how do we how do we continue to sort of cultivate a space in our classroom that allows for black girls to be Mm. period? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. And so what that meant for us this summer, what I talked about a lot is sort of this this really this idea of deconstructing, dismantling, breaking down these existing um, these existing um, metaphors or symbol symbols of oppression, mm-hmm. right? And so, on a grand scale, we see that as you know these statues and monuments and things like that. But on a classroom scale, what does that look like? Mm-hmm. So it looks like the contract that teachers have with students and, and black black students. It looks like how do we how if we could do if we could be so if we could dream and think about a way that we can c- construct or co-construct a document with our black girls if we could create a class constitution mm-hmm. right because we know when we when the constitution was put together for our united states um government that they wasn't thinking about black women mm-hmm. and girls mm-hmm. we mm-hmm. weren't a thought about yeah. that so what would happen if we were to center um mm-hmm. black women and girls in the creation of something as yeah. such as so you know it's the bedrock of how we run things in this classroom I'm letting you know that this is where I'm coming from as an educator off the top, right? So 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 we really play with a lot of those questions and themes in in the course and what the outcome, you know, I had teachers create those documents, right? And so there were, you know, what it would it look like to create a black girl bill of rights for the classroom? What are these fundamental things that these non-negotiables that are going to happen in this class because yeah. you just because you're just a human being and you deserve mm-hmm. these things. Mm-hmm. What would happen if I were to make sure all of your basic needs as a human were yeah. met? Yeah. Uh, and so thinking about that and, and, and really um, searching, and, and this is going to sound cliche, but it really, this is where really the rubber meets the road is what, how can we, how can we look within ourselves? And then how can we think about, okay, the harm that we've done, you know, and I, I shared some of the harm that mm-hmm. I've done as an mm-hmm. educator, thinking about that, being really realistic about that, not blaming anyone, not saying what well, they did. I wasn't trained to do, right. you know, no, we don't know the harm is done. Right. How can we move forward? And how can we begin to look at teacher preparation as a space toward moving to, into that direction of, of, looking at what we have, look at the reality of the workforce, looking at that mm-hmm. and then saying either we need to, we need to have this, this, uh, this, you know, really 
drastic disruption of what it looks like. We mm -hmm. need to change our philosophy about how we educate children. We need to change. Everything needs to start from ground zero when we build from there. And we and Black women and girls need to be included or we're just going to keep on patty caking and saying that we're yeah. doing things that we're really not doing. Yeah, I think that's... <laughs> yeah, that question was super powerful and I hope that people actually really stop and really, you know, dissect that and really <laughs> figure out what does give them the right. That was... That was awesome. So thank you so much. Listen, it's been a pleasure talking with you um, today. Tell everyone, do you have social media? How can people like get in contact with you? <laughs> yeah. So I'm my social media game is, is not where it should be. <laughs> I unfortunately uh, is, I am of the class of people that social media came out when I was in college. Yeah. So I was kind of over it yeah. early mm -hmm. in my professional career. Mm -hmm. But now I need to be on it because yeah. I need to be connected with people. Um, but I, I do have an Instagram um it's uh danielle the professor um that's on instagram and if you want to reach me just to say hi or to to check in on me you can definitely email me at um apugo my last name a-p-u-g-o-d at vcu.edu um i'm pretty responsive <laughs> on that and i'm i'm kind so 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 you can check in on me there um other than that you know just look look forward to um, a more stable in, in terms of uh, my uh, digital presence. I'm uh, there's a website underway oh, awesome. for me to sort of let people um, get an idea of um, what I'm what I've been working on, what I will be working on, and just some other collaborations for the future. And that's where any other um, calls for participants and some of the upcoming projects that I have, those all will be housed there. So you can look forward to that. And that handle is just going to be my first name, last name. Okay. So. Yeah, real simple. Well, awesome. Well, thank you for all the work that you are doing and will do. Um, Dr. Daniela Pugo, thank you again for joining us on Equity, the podcast. <laughs> For our listeners today, we have an amazing treat for you. If you have an interest in being entered to win a free copy of Dr. Apugo's upcoming book release, Strong Black Girls, Reclaiming Schools in Their Own Image, it's really simple. We ask that you send us a tweet answering the question, what does equity mean to you? Our handle is VCU Merrick. That is V-C-U-M-E-R-R-E-C. -E -E For every tweet that we receive answering that question, you will have a chance to receive a free copy of Dr. Pugo's upcoming book. Again, thank you for tuning in and we'll see you next episode.